Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, your host, to the point, Chris Yano, along with my man, Tall Paul, my co-host, looking dapper, as always, with this Pat. Is that a Patagonia or a North Face hat? Uh, North Face, thank you. Man. Not a sponsor. Good branding. Um, yeah. It's going to be a fun one, man. This is episode, Kyle, make sure I get it right, 49. Is that correct? 49. Which, by the way, Paul, that's one away from 50. Did you know that? I did know that, and I hear that there's a surprise guest for 50 that I don't know a whole lot about. Maybe. I don't know if I'm setting the expectation too high. Um, I don't know. guess we'll find out, huh? I guess we'll find out. Episode hopefully it's Travis Ringy. Four- <laughs> Episode surprise. 49. If Ken Goodrich had his way, to be him. Uh, but it's not going to be <laughs> So, episode number 49. I'm super excited, man. Um, this has been a fun year of podcasts, and we've had a lot of amazing guests um, man, the volume of downloads and streams and subscribers of this has just absolutely blown our mind. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We're super grateful. Um, and 100%, Paul, I attribute it to our guests. Um, I, I do too. genuinely believe we've had phenomenal guests and I, and I'm like, the, you know, we, the volume of people reaching out to us this year and just thanking us is like the most rewarding thing. So I can't say thank you enough. And our guest today is no different. Um, man, this is going to be a good one. I'm excited. Uh, we've had a, a, a couple conversations, um, and you know, it, th- I just have a feeling it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun, fun podcast. It's going to drop on today. Would be December 22nd, so we are awfully close to Christmas. And you are in the Christmas spirit now. You are like I can see it radiating from you, Yano Claus. This is your time of year. What's going on with your Christmas life? So listen, it's December one. The switch is on. I'm full Clark Griswold Christmas mode. Like all the lights on the house are done. You know, uh, flip the switch, except mine work. Um, you know, at least part of the time. If you ask my wife, she's there's always one day where I come home and something's off or not working and I got to go fix the damn thing. Always. But that being said, I'm in good spirits always. I love Christmas time. So it's my f- absolute favorite time of year. So, yes, I'm feeling really, really good. Is that okay with you, Paul? It is okay. Is there a, now you're a big giver. You like to give gifts, but is there something that you're hoping, you know, maybe St. Nick brings for you this year, Yano? You know what? This is what my dad used to always tell me. Um, and the one thing he always asked for was a white Christmas. Now I live in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> so, uh, we just go up to the cabin and, and hope it snows. There you go. <laughs> it's at 7,000 feet. So we should get some snow. But I mean, I don't like, I don't, honestly, I, I always, this is, I love to give. It's weird to, for me to receive gifts. Like it, it makes yeah. me slightly uncomfortable because I just, I don't want, I don't expect those things. And I'm grateful. It just kind of makes me awkward. And I'm like the most, you know, extrovert person you've met, outgoing person. It just makes me awkward. So, um, listen, let's get to it. I wanted to get our guest rolling. Um, we got some good knowledge. I saw, uh, um, you know, I've seen him on a, on a lot of other um, like webinars and podcasts and things like that. And uh, and one, man, I feel like anytime you have an accent, you're immediately like better than everybody else. You know, why? it just makes you cooler when you have an accent. <laughs> so my kids play soccer. Eddie, you'll you'll appreciate this. My kids play soccer. If your coach speaks with an English accent or has a, a European accent or whatever, any sort of accent, mm-hmm. they're immediately a better coach. 
I can charge that's, more. That's one hundred percent. It is absolutely accurate. So my daughter's mm-hmm. coach is from England, and his accent immediately made him co- like the best, like the better coach. Isn't that right, Kyle? You played soccer. You know what I'm talking about. One hundred percent. Right. See. So our guest uh, Eddie McFarland, he is from. Alo- Let me make sure I get this right, Eddie. Aloha, Scotland. Very close. Aloha. Son of it's, a uh, It's bitch, a lot less Hawaiian it. than you would think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would imagine. So is it, that's outside of Edinburgh, right? Or Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, 10 points. Yep. Uh, it's it's halfway between Glasgow and Stirling. And, and uh, uh, the town I grew up uh, 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 is uh, halfway between Glasgow and Edinburgh, Stirling, Aloha area. So, you know, so it looks like Edinburgh to us Americans. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. How I learned it was Edinburgh is if you remember, uh, I was traveling to Ireland in March for spring break, um, and we were going to go over to Scotland. And I really was excited to go to both places. I've been wanting to go forever. So we fly over there, and uh, I'm like, hey, before I go, I'm asking Eddie. I'm like, you're from Scotland, man. Like, I need the scoop. Like, one, um, you know, I'm going to go to Edinburgh. And he's like, first off, it's it's not Edinburgh. It's Edinburgh. <laughs> Big, so big, it's a big deal. Huge big deal, deal I hear. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you remember what else I asked you was, um, listen, like I grew up in uh, one of my favorite movies is Braveheart. So Sir William yep. Wallace um, yep. was like an icon, you know, to me. And I think a lot of people who yeah. watch that movie are like, yeah, Sir William Wallace is a badass. Never movie. seen it. That doesn't shock me. That's because you were watching My Little Ponies. <clears throat> um, no offense. Anybody likes My Little Ponies. Uh, just Paul. Um, but so is my daughter. So I'm getting ready to go over there and I'm like, is, is William Wallace like as big of a deal? Yeah. Is it like that big? Is it, is it like to, to Scotsman? It's, it's 100% a thing. So I went to school in Sterling and true story. If you, where we played PE rugby, where we played rugby, uh, out back, Uh that was the field of the Bannockburn. Uh, the site of one of the, the few, uh, victories over the English. Uh, it was only 700 years ago, so we're not keeping score. Um, and if you looked right. at my art, uh, my my uh, science class window, you would see Sterling Castle, which is in the movie. It's you know where he gets abducted, and um, and then at my art window, there's the Wallace Monument, which is this tall, 300 foot uh, uh, sandstone, uh, beautiful uh, uh, monument. You can actually walk up the inside of uh, on a volcanic plug so cool. that gives you a view of the Fourth Valley, and you can see. Uh, the, the abbey where he was schooled you can see everything there is pretty is pretty cool so yeah, and it's 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 a thing so he has his sword but it's not like i think it's is it really his sword but there's like a sword right yep. like is that is it's in sterling right it, it's it's actually in the Wallace monument so so the Perfect. way it works they've got the uh, like four, uh, four stops along the way these these walls are like four feet thick and it's an old uh castle style so like those real small that. spiral yep. staircases yep tight yep and and um and uh, yeah they have they have his his sword there, and That's then cool. um and Bannockburn uh, which uh, the only thing about Braveheart is Robert the Bruce got a raw deal he he, <laughs> he actually was he, he wasn't as as uh, necessarily weak as they make out and he has a whole heritage center with a whole bit where you can get his axe and his all his stuff and yeah it's pretty cool if you like stones, uh, castles. Uh, battles, uh, you can't throw a stone in skull without hitting a castle or a battle site or something. Well, so I didn't get to go. I'm bummed because obviously the COVID thing kicked off while I was in Ireland. And when we were right. in Belfast about, and we were going to take our flight over, um, this is in March. 
um, our plan was to go to Scotland and then fly back into Dublin and spend St. Patrick's Day in Dublin. So that didn't get to happen. I didn't even get to go to Scotland. And I was so excited to go there and see all that stuff, man. So now I have to make another trip back. Just go to Scotland. That's just, the plan. Just forget Ireland, forget England. Just go, go spend some time in Scotland. You'll well, fall listen, in love, I guarantee it. I, I have no doubt. So listeners, you're going to hear it here first. Um, Rhino is opening up an office uh, in the UK, and we're not sure if it's going to be the UK or if it's going to be it's probably going to be the UK, that side, somewhere over there in 2022 because we are opening our Australia office in 2021. So listen, any early adopters want to awesome. come on board with the best of the best in digital marketing for the trades, uh, give a shout out. We'll use, use our advocate as we roll into the new countries. So I'm um, super excited about that. Hey, listen, wasn't William Wallace back that real quick? Like six five? He was a was he a big guy? I think I read. He he's what's affectionately referred to as a big lad. So he's a big lad. Paul, he's not much shorter than you, man. He's not, but I mean, he's not that big. Six five. He, I have a kid that's six five. Yeah, but you also have no clue who he is, nor are anywhere near the type of man that Sir William Wallace. Well, was. I'm going to watch the movie, even though you guys just pretty much ruined it in the show. You told me everything. Uh, surprise ending. I, and you know what? Okay. History will be the judge, Paul. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a good thing. We'll let history good. judge. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm on it. <laughs> I, I fancy your chances. So, listen, I apologize, listeners, for going down this path of Scotland. But listen, Braveheart's pretty okay. awesome. And uh, and it's always kind of hear, good to hear those, um, like, what's real and what's not from those movies. So right listeners, um, Eddie McFarlane, he's a VP of learning and development at Haller Enterprises, a small little itty bitty company over there in the Northeast. Uh, Eddie, how big is Haller these days? Uh, we have about uh, 400 uh, team members. Nice. Uh, four, four locations. And yeah, because you're kind of around central. that central PA area, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Yeah. But but you're officially in Lidditz, right? Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Um, yeah, Lidditz. Which is just uh, just outside Lancaster. You're kind of like right in that little middle area in between the was it Reading um, or Lancaster? Yep, yep. Uh, it's 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 halfway between Philly and, and Harrisburg. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Yep. So um, then, yeah, it's probably a little colder there than this year. Um, and but you're also one of the co-founders of Schedule Engine, which is a, a strategic partner of Rhinos. So um, you know, and it's been a very great partnership and. Um, and, you know, our customers, I was just having a conversation yesterday with the customer who was, you know, shouting the praises of us making that connection with Schedule Engine. And again, the only time we ever bring on a strategic partner, and, and Paul can attest to this, we get so many people trying to approach us about being a, air quotes, partner. And, yeah. you know, we do not choose. It's got to legit be best for our customers, uh, number one, before we ever even entertain that. And listen, like we put each other, like we put Schedule Engine through the ringer. Um, yeah. making sure it was a fit and it's been great. And we're super, and we're super grateful. Eddie, you know, what we should do. It's the season for giving. Here's what we're going to do. This is airing on December 22nd. Are you ready for this? Eddie, just agree with whatever I, I say. Okay. I, I, li- I like the tone of this so far. Okay. So here's, what we're going to do anybody listening. If you don't know what schedule engine is one number, one, number one, look at it. And, and Eddie's going to talk about it on the episode a little bit too, just we'll kind of have a, give an overview of what it is. Um, allows for some good online scheduling, easy access. It's been extremely successful for our contractors that are using it. For those people who don't want to actually talk to someone, they can just book right through the site. It's awesome. And the conversion rates are super high, which means revenue goes up. It's a great deal. But here's what, let's do this. It's the season of giving, Paul. So um, I say we do this for the first time. We don't do this very often. But if, if you want to sign up for scheduling between now and the end of the year and give it a go, we will, the, we'll, let's waive the setup fee, Eddie. 
<laughs> we're going to waive the right setup on. fee. Just nod. Um, just give yep. me a yes. Thank you. And then let's offer the first month. Uh, let's offer the first month for free. Like, let's give them the first month. All but right. you got to use the... I love it. Let's use um, uh, a promo code, if you will, of to the point. Like, you got you to gotta reference, hey, I heard yeah. this on to the point. We'll do it from now to the end of the year. You cool with that? I love it. It's, uh, it's, it's a great way to celebrate the holidays and all the great work that contractors do all year round. Let's do it. Absolutely awesome. Good. You guys hear, hear, heard it here first. Let's go. And you get the first month free, so listen. I love it, man. We always say don't talk about it, be about it. If you need to show us what you're made of and you get your first month to get it done, that's perfect. So, and it's built by a contractor, which is, I think, probably my favorite element of it. Yeah. Like absolutely. built out of a real need. Absolutely. Yeah. We're scratching um, our own itch for sure. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Awesome, man. Well, let's jump into it, man. So one, welcome. I'm so glad to have you on here. I'm so glad that, um, you know, that you would give us the time to come and share with all of our listeners about um, just kind of your thoughts on really a few different topics. Um, you know, technicians, uh, technology, things for the future that we need to be thinking of. I know you're super... Um, you're super passionate about those things and, and, and even super successful with these things too. So let's share some of the information, but go ahead and let our listeners know right up front. Like let's, who is Eddie? Who is Eddie McFarland? How did you get into the trades? Where are you at today? Like, let's kind of yep. give a little overview before we go into those questions. So Eddie McFarland, uh, Sagittarius. No, uh, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie McFarland. I, um, so like, like a lot of people, I came to the, to the industry a while ago, 20 years. And believe it or not, 20 years ago, there was a skill trade shortage. So Weird. I'm actually a second career guy. I wasn't the kid taking the toaster apart. I, wasn't, I didn't rebuild a hot rod at 12 with my, you know, my dad in the shop. But I was the incredible beneficiary of a company with great people, great processes, and great systems. And so through that, I was able to do the, you know, I, I spent my first couple of weeks carrying other people's tools and wrapping up extension cords incorrectly, apparently. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, being, being, being the helper, working, working way through, like everything else, became a PM technician, uh, service, did the, you know, two o'clock in the morning on call thing, 18-hour days in, in the winter. But right, you know, really taking care of people and, and developing a deep ethos for really what is the heart of our industry, which is great people taking care of people, building communities. Love it. Building trust and 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 serving, right? Love like uh, deep humility, and so so I started that way. Um, and about fifteen years ago, I, I joined the Haller team, um, uh, Haller Enterprises. So uh, uh, starting in nineteen eighty one, quintessential trade story entrepreneur. Uh, started out a garage, and within uh, you know uh, a short period of time, had developed to to be. Uh, so so Rick Haller was an electrician. Came out the accent. Uh, 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 sector of the industry as an electrician working for his uncle and and like so many people that are listening to this podcast they just got a niche that you know we there's a better way to do this and for many contractors it's it could be anything right like i i want to take care of my customers a certain way i want to offer these types of services i i want to do business this way and so so like like manny he he jumped in and uh within his first year hired a, a, a plumber and so did two services and then and then the following year hired an hvc guy so our genesis has been to be multi-trade a lot of uh, construction in the 80s and 90s with uh, Lancaster County. And then I joined about 15 years ago. We were, we were doing some residential sales, but it didn't really have a customer-centric um, uh, base. It was, it was really we were tripping over, like, you know, the, all, all the work that we'd done for the last 30 years. Um, there was a lot of 
people working hard at it, but, but Rick, the visionary that he always is, wanted to be the customer at the center of that. Uh, so I was hired along with a few team members and uh, very, very early on, a classic example, uh, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this, I was sent to a, a conference by BDR, right, Business Development Resources, uh, Bruce Wiseman and his team, and was fortunate enough, uh, the, the late Barry Burnett was, was my instructor for two days and just dropped all kinds of knowledge. And I'm, I'm, I, I, I spend a lot of my time telling people I'm just not that smart. So like I'm I'm the idiot that pays the money to go to the conference, takes notes, and just come back and tries it. You know, always blows my mind when people, you know, they'll spend a couple of grand go to a conference and then come up with a list of reasons why that won't work for their customers or their oh, yeah. team or their process, totally. right? Oh yeah. So I just I'm an idiot. I came back and tried it, and I was really lucky to have a great team, a few good hires. We, we built a sales process. We built we built you know the comp plan, the 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 customer centric uh, process. And very quickly moved on to sales management and turned uh, turned that over to, to some of the team members. Was fortunate enough to give the opportunity to, to jump in uh, along with our service department, start documenting those processes. After that got going, I jumped into commercial. So did B2B, uh, uh, you know, equipment and maintenance program. So more of a classic B2B, you know, cold calling, prospecting, outbounding, all that sort of stuff. Uh, got a team and process going there. And, and learning all the time from, from, from the team and from, from the customers uh, with a lot of great leadership uh, from the organization. And uh, it, the, the thing about that is, you know, as you go, you have to develop structure and plans and what Ken, you know, Ken Goodrich lays out, you know, I was an e-myth uh, addict from the early days. Uh, I like to think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in recovery now, but there's, there's so many great <laughs> principles there, right? And what I learned is if you show up to enough sales meeting complaining about leads, eventually they'll put you in marketing. So <laughs> so that's that's what happened. You know, I, uh, I was fortunate enough to join the executive team and was, was just talking about our, our customer journey. And so I was starting the uh, evaluation, same process, go and look at our team, look at our budget, look at our, our, our results, our metrics, you know, basic stuff. And through that process, it was evaluating vendors and looking for ways to make the customer journey easier because I'm just sold out that that's our job, right? And and uh, I wasn't really finding much thing. And, and at the same time, um, Austin Haller, Rick's son, who I'd known for, you know, the last uh, 10, 15 years, he was he was doing his master's and he was he was coming at it from the different side. And uh, th- that's how the two of us um, connected. So kind of an accidental entrepreneur uh, uh, and was just thrilled to, to support that the team that's over there now with Ray, Strick, um, Austin, and, and, and the whole team. They're just doing amazing work. Along the way, the one thing that was consistent was um, as soon as you stand the department up, you need to train the team to how to do it. You right. know, it's that old Sun Tzu art of war thing, like between the relationship between a general and the army. And, and we need to be clear and we need to instruct. And, and quite frankly, we need to lead, right? And so so uh, along the way, I got a lot of practice at training. And that's really where my experience come from. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, uh, being fortunate, Neil, Neil Bors, I think I say this whenever I can, because it really is really a, a key aspect to development is, you know, he, he was a, a Nobel winning physicist and he just says an expert is just a man that's made all the mistakes possible in a very narrow field boy <laughs> that's, that's not me i don't know who is right that's so good. um i was just fortunate enough i like i listen we're going to talk about training and, 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 right. and future and stuff like that i've made some like if you ever get a hold of some of my team members they'll tell you but there's there was some there were some stinkers in there but you learn right like you try and learn something on every flight 
I love it. Yeah, Can you share one of those? <laughs> what's your biggest, what's your either biggest failure or most formative failure throughout the journey at Haller? You know, I think I just care too much. Yeah. You know? No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, had I, me. I, I, you I, had I, me. I was, I was like, trying oh, to see yeah, where you I know, guess I work too hard is what I'm saying. Holy no, shit. I, I, listen, I think it's, I, it's hubris. It was, it was hubris. I like, I, you know, you think you can, as the instructor, there, there's a relationship, you know, that the Zen master says when the student's ready, the lesson appears. And, and there's an aspect of humility that, that it's not about when will these people get it. It's, it's um, as the instructor, what do I need to do? How can I be malleable and flexible to convey the things that I need to convey? Because I fully believe that, you know, as long as our culture is good and we're, we're, our onboarding is correct and we're hiring the right people, I truly believe that by and large, if people know what you know, they would do the same thing in the same situation as you. Mm. And so really it's just about connecting dots, right? So, so I think too, too early on I went in and I, I was speaking at people. I was instructing for my goals, not, not for, uh, for fruitful, fruitful outcomes, I guess. Yeah. Got that makes it. sense. Yeah, it does. Did you discover that gift over time or did you know, like, I'm a teacher, this is what I do? Oh, I, I think, I think it was, yeah, it was, a, it was probably an outcome of necessity, you know, as a grow, as growing departments, yep. uh, you know, when they're small, they don't have a trainer, they don't have a full-time trainer. And as someone that commits to, to other members of the team about budgets and everything else, you really, that, you know, you really need to figure it out. And, and then again, I think it was, it was the grace that was extended to make those mistakes and, and, and having a runway that was long enough to, to, to do that. I, I did figure it out. And I would say that as a, a bit of a lifetime learner, you know, uh, and, and just like, like good salespeople at the end of every call, you do an analysis, what did I do? Well, what did I not? And, 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 and again, I full credit to the team. They're, they're, they're pretty, we, we have sort of a fairly candid relationship and, and, you know, you can always tell a fruit a tree by the fruit, right? And it's either working or it's not. Yeah. I want to ask you a quick question. This is kind of um, sure. off topic, but um, because you mentioned, and, I, and, I, and I'm asking this question because I genuinely believe that these are the characteristics that not only, um, you know, that you have, but also uh, the guys I've worked with at Schedule Engine is everybody's okay with um, making a mistake and then owning it, not actually trying yeah. to hide it or, Yep. If, you know, and I think this, and this is, can be, you know, in general too, is I think part of being a good leader is also owning that you too make mistakes and it's the outcome of after the mistake. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm a, a huge, um, uh, Ryan holiday fan and, and, you know, he has this whole book, ego is the enemy. And if you want to poison your business, limit your growth, um, push away great people, yeah, just listen to your listen to your ego. Yep, that's right? good. That's good. I know, um, I know a few of those guys. Yeah, and 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 listen, I I have an ego. I've had an ego, and I think <laughs> so you want to talk about mistakes. I was that guy, right? Like I can do this, and I I had sharp elbows. I could I could you know sharp elbows. There's, there's an expression I heard like, you know, you can't push a rope. <laughs> and when I heard that, so much of my life fell into shape, because um, you can. You can try as much as you like, but it needs to be led, you know, from the front. Sure. And and the best leaders I've known, um, and the, the people that I'm attracted to, like from from a uh, vocational standpoint, are, 
art are humble leaders, servant yep. leaders. Love it. And I think if, if you're really lucky, you find one of those in life. SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I actually have a, uh, I learned servant leadership, um, which is what I've practiced ever since from a guy named um, Patty Spring. So shout out to Patty Spring. You'll probably listen to this, but you'll probably listen to this one now that I said his name. Um, aren't, aren't we, are, isn't this industry great for uh, for mentors? I mean, how, like, I, I I think I forget who was that said it. Um, maybe Isaac Newton talks about we we all stand on the shoulders of giants. Giants, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and when I think of whether it was you know Scott Rule who answered my next tale back in the day at two in the morning, mm-hmm. and 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 helped me figure out the oil burner, <laughs> or you know um, the person that took me aside and says, you know, you totally talked over people in that meeting. Like, are you aware? Like, I think I think the trades that I know do that so much better than anything else. And it's truly humbling because at this point, if you've been the recipient of that gift, your job is just not to screw that up, right? You got to pay it forward. Yep. I love it. Yeah. When you talked about, you know, having grace extended to you to make mistakes, I have found that, you know, having the confidence to be in over your head and learn things that can have an impact is like, yeah, that is the most important thing. So talk talk to me about it. It sounds like you've went from, um, you know, department to department and it's not always easy to leave a department if you don't set it up correctly. Right. Well, tell me about the journey to where you are now. So VP of learning and development, tell me what that looks like day to day. Yeah. So day to day, I mean, you nailed it. It's, it's, it's not, it's not a, a department of one. It's a culture that values learning uh, everybody mm-hmm. everybody um you know wants the the fruit but nobody wants to tend to the roots and and unfortunately the fruit is the last thing to grow on a tree right good and so at this point it's really it's it's a culture where we we understand what learning looks like we understand that it's, so, so it's behaviors attitudes techniques right there's there's all of that goes into it. um um but we've created a culture where people learn and it, and it starts from understanding your role as a trainer. But I think, you know, from a, 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 the, the perspective of how do you know to, to go down that road, it's the difference between, you know, um, confidence and arrogance. It, 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 I heard it you know, sort of explained, like, if you have a track record in something that's been reasonably positive outcome, then there's reason to believe that the next thing that's sort of connected to that should go well. Like there's, I have, it would be arrogance for me to say, I'm going to go out and I don't even know the correct sport analogy, baseball, some baseball bat, I don't know, 300. <laughs> that's good. Right. So, so like that, that would be arrogance because I've had any success in some area for me to just go over and say, well, I'll be good at that too. Is that's, that's the hubris that we're talking about, but that we can have confidence in our systems and our people because we've seen and 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 you really nurture that you know we fan these things into a flame and 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 we create excitement and and you know um i i just i just did a thing this morning we talk about culture and and it's a it's a one of the google guys uh des- describes culture simply as it's the it's simply the behaviors that, that get rewarded or punished 
that is your culture. You can read all the book, but at the end of the day, that's actually what's happening, right? And so um, when you when you look at creating a team, so now day to day, you know, I met with our commercial sales team this morning, but really there's there's people that have taken that baton. We've we, we put uh, people in place around that, and they've um, they, they carry that as an ethos and, and a value system. Go ahead. Paul. How is what you do kind of different than like the traditional trainer at a company like Haller? Like you're taking your lifelong ethic of being a lifelong learner, right? And applying that to the business is what I'm hearing culturally. But when when people hear, you know, VP of training for a big 400 team member contractor, they're going to think like technical training. They're going to think skills, um, right. task training. So what does it look like for you? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. It's the um, first, first, let's talk about how it usually comes up. Somebody says, hey, we need some training. And whether you have in-house or out, it's like our average tick is down. So let's do sales training, right? Let's get like, we, we've, I've, I've worked with great people over the years. We, we brought Charlie Greer in one year, the great, you know, uh, uh, Charles Greer, um, industry legend. Yep. Um, and, 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 and that's an option, but the first thing you, you really got to do is have a proper diagnosis. And so we, it, you think of the, the five cues or the question behind the question, which, whichever you know, format you want to take, but it's really being a good diag- uh, diagnostic uh, uh, person. And so typically a manager comes to me and I'll say, hey, why do you think you need sales training? And he'll go, well, average tech is down. And they're like, well, so, so what is it? And, and you can get to, and it can be, it can be a number of different things, right? We know technicians. Um, uh, it can can be interesting, and and it could just be that yeah, they you know they 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 followed away fallen away from their optionizing, right? So that's really a system issue. It's it's a they're, they're just not they're they're offering things, but they're not getting it. So that's a, a soft skill communication, you know, preparation thing. But you know, quite often, if techs don't have a hundred and one percent of the answer about something, including the name of the guy that made it in the factory sometimes they just won't bring it up because that's their persona right it's the hero i i, I you know the idea of a, someone answering them or asking them a question and them not having an answer we're getting into we're, again we're getting into like personas and how we see ourselves and archetypes well okay so maybe it the 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 correct solution is to bring in the, the rep and have them do a thorough training or maybe it's soft skills and so completely diagnosing that um whether it's in-house or out-house is the start of anything. And from there, then it is just about, you know, you, you get into sort of signaling. If the only time you do training is a response to something wrong, listen, people aren't dumb, Reaction right? Thing. You know, it's like, great, what conference did you go to now? Great. Oh, what books are you reading now? You know, and, and if that's the only time we're doing things, well, of course. So this is where the culture part. And so, you, you know, you can, you can create these, you can harness human instinct as well and 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 set up uh expectations it's going to take five six seven eight weeks at times for people to know that the space that we're coming to is a safe space and we can joke about that all we want but it's how we all are and nobody likes to make a fool of themselves um and and then from there uh if you've created the expectation of oh this is where we come and we par- we take part and we have fun and it's engaging and we celebrate then at that point it's just about the techniques and it's about some simple rules it's not like so many trainers, the number one mistake they make is it, well, it's the same as sales. We talk too much, right? And anybody that knows me <laughs> knows the irony of this. But really, it's a Socratic process. It's, it's um, you know, just as when anybody tells us, a loved one, prospect, whatever, tells us something, the first instinct shouldn't be to go, got it. And then solution, it should be, wow, tell me more about that. 
And then it should be to restate, like, does this mean this, this, and this, right? And so there's techniques that come to play as well so that you, you fully understand what it is. And then it's just understanding people at the end of the day. You know, I know a lot of incredible technicians that are the burliest silverback alpha males <laughs> you ever want. But you ask them to read in a meeting, they'll buckle because we're getting into like, you know, when people come in, into our organizations, we're handy to uh, quite a precious thing because we – if we're lucky, we get the whole person. And what we get into is, you know, there was that one thing that their teacher said when they were seventh that left a mark. And now flash forward 30 years later, the reason they're not taking part in the meeting isn't anything to do with you, right? That's ego. Maybe maybe they're just scarred, right? So obviously we're getting pretty woo-woo, but that's I'd like we deal with people, right? At yeah. the end of the day, it's just people. And so it, it, it's, it's, you know, Subjugating your ego, seeking first to understand before seeking to be understood, you know, pretty basic stuff. But that's that's what it looks like. And then once that culture is created, anybody can take that meeting. One of the one of the team members can take that meeting, you know. Yeah. Ra- um, random thought real quick. Yeah. Um, and because I think this applies here is do you believe that respect is given or respect is earned? Now I'm going to give you an olive branch. Um, Go for it. I believe that respect is given, um, that you have my respect and it's yours to lose um, type of methodology. What's your thoughts on that? I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. No. <laughs> I, that's totally right. You know, you know, know? Like, Sorry, we? everybody, we got to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who are we? You know, this is where titles get like in people's heads. Positions get wonky. Like Agreed. we're all in this together. Yep. You think, yeah. you know, it's that whole thing. You, you, you want to see how, how irreplaceable you are? Stick your hand in the bucket of water, pull it out, see what happens, right? Listen, um, everybody has intrinsic value, right? Everybody has intrinsic value. You know, I, we've all known people that, like, all of a sudden, you've known them for eight years, and then you see them at an open mic night, and they're these incredible musicians. Who knew, open right? Mic, yeah. Or, you know, they're pilots on the weekend, or, you know, they foster kids, like, Again, we, we, you know, I, I, a lot of the conversation right now is about loyalty in the industry and people jumping ship because there's 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 a, a sea change underway um, that really started 20 years ago, but we're just we're we're dealing with it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and people are like, well, these people aren't loyal, but you know, if everything you set up is a transactional relationship, then isn't isn't that the natural outcome of that? So uh, I think it was Andy Stanley who says, you know, you, you pay for a man's hands uh but you want his soul you pay for his back but you want his heart like we we talk about people not being fully That's invested good. but we only ever deal with them in in these transactional aspects so i i i i think it's the right and proper thing to do is, is to extend grace to everybody um seek to understand and you know i love it oh, your range your range in drawing quotes like exact quotes from different authors all over the spectrum from like modern Christianity to East Asian studies is unbelievable, by the way. Like I'm sitting over here stunned at, uh, at that. So great job. <laughs> that $5 will get you a coffee at Starbucks. So I, I got right, Exactly. Until, yeah. so, until um, I start hearing, hearing some Sir William Wallace quotes. So like freedom. <laughs> there they go. So you said something about, I think you said sea change. Like there's a change yeah. that's coming that's been brewing for yeah. 20 years. Go a little deeper on that. Tell me what that change is. Why is it happening? What are people not aware of? 
Yeah, so the opinions, these are my opinions only. But it comes from, I've been fortunate over the last um, number of years, you know, uh, a member of the, the board at ACA, member of the board at NA, uh, you know, uh, speaking at, you know, service world or whatever else. And and speaking to contractors over the last couple of years, you know, I've got a sense of things. And here's 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 my high-level uh, high headline. There's There's been a, a labor shortage for the last 25 years. No shock there. I think the difference is now technicians know it. Right. Yep. They're really starting to, mm-hmm. to, to see their worth. And what what I'm afraid of is um, because of the uh, negotiations, uh, uh, negotiations are always relative to options. Right. You've got more options. You can push hard. If you go one options, you take the deal that's given. Right. And, and we just need to understand that times have changed. You know, um, I think it's Jocko Wilnick talked about, you know, e- e- you know again, ego. Our job as leaders is to accept reality, right? That's that. That's it, and that goes for customers, technicians, whatever. Like, we have our job isn't to get really good at doing business this one way. It's to understand the landscape and, as an entrepreneur, to figure out how to make the most uh, return or investment ethically, whilst doing no harm, right? So, like, we shouldn't get our, our, our panties in a bunch when things change. And and my concern is that we're taking uh i'll project i'll put this on me i'll project i'll say this about myself it's real easy when you were told as an on-call tech hey you got five more calls and yeah you need to take them right and if you don't like it hit the highway we've all heard that as i'm a i'm a gen xer but i pride myself on being a sort of pro boomer um <laughs> uh, because that's how we were raised right it was command control and Here's the thing. Throughout history, there's only ever been two responses to control, comply or defy. And the the, the choice that people made was relative to their options, right? And so most of us coming up through a post-war managerial structure, very hierarchical, very structured. The war was all about getting logistics, men and people and resources in place at the right time. And to follow through on the orders. And when we saw this, they went, they came out, that, that entire generation came out and they went to these big industries that invested in management training and harnessed, you know, the, 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 the war years did an incredible job at educating leaders. And it's really interesting. You can, you can look at the, the Google searches of the leadership and management over the years. And you can see, cause sometimes they're synonymous, but there are differences. Certainly. So they made great management management and, and all the industries saw growth, in the years, but it was very command control. It was always because I said so, and there wasn't really room for discussion. It was, mm, well, you know, fast forward, I think, you know, um, that only goes so far. And so we've got people that have options. And if you, if you tell people, because I said so, you know, you're going to find yourself um, with only a very few select options for recruiting. Yeah. Completely, right. I completely agree. I'm super, super passionate about recruiting, and, and I am super passionate about all that. I think that the more humanized uh, you can make the business, the better your, for your long-term value, your long-term options. Yeah, um, and, 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 and so here's the deal. It's hard running a business, right? It's certainly. hard. It's very hard. It's always going to be hard, and you don't get to not do the hard if you want the, the rewards, but you do get to choose your hard. Yeah. Just think about how we do business, both from a customer perspective and an employee perspective. We we get to um, we we dispatch a certain way, because 
the software was set up uh, or because that's what's efficient or because it's hard to train. A, it takes, you know, years and years to train a dispatcher. Right. So we give customers windows and we tell them this and, and, and we, you know, at a certain point, it's like that goldfish that, you know, is in a tank and is trained and then it goes into bigger fit. We can't imagine a world that isn't structured that way. Well, guess what? Uh, an entire generation is rising and saying, uh, you know, uh, my friends don't understand when I say, when they ask me what time I'm coming home and I say, I don't know, they flip their lid. They don't <laughs> understand. Right. And and me, if I have the choice, we don't listen. You know, if you're in a rural area and there's like one company, that may be it. But it, I think we can all understand that, you know, the invisible hand and, and economics, like you're going to, if that's the way you are, you're going to create space in the market for someone else that might just operate a little differently, whether it's a customer perspective or an employee perspective. And by the way, if you own supply, you can create, you know, you can yeah. command demand. Yeah, I want I want to um, segue to something because you had mentioned it, and it's something that, that we're passionate about. Is you said having to take the time to learn technology. First off, I think mm. everything is relative at this point. Like, you know, I'll have sure. I'll have um, you know employees, and we have a little over a uh, hundred, including all of our um, call listing and reporting right team. Um, but people will say, "Oh man, I'm so busy," and and I get it because we are yeah. we are constantly yeah, sure. we never lack things to do. Um, but if you can take this big, like, oh my gosh, I'm busy. I have all this stuff to do and drill it down to, Hey man, you've only got your nine hours. We, these guys work, you know, work four nines and a four. We work half days on Fridays. Um, just boil it down to the eight hours, boil it down to the one hour, you know, however you compartmentalize your day and just focus on that task. Like it, you're never not going to have something to do. So, um, I think that, you know, technology is something that you have to really consider and, and you, you said a couple things too, is this is a very react reactive business. Um, you know, and even our, even the, our, you know, our customers, you know, the, the contractors, customers are reactionary, right? Like it's typically a reactionary sure. business. So, but technology can help you become more proactive in your business yeah. and can help you scale and all this stuff. So let's segue into that. Cause you mentioned it. Um, yeah. and I know you're super passionate about it, but what is your view, you know, on technology in the trades? Yeah, great question. And and you know what what I love about technology is it's incredibly egalitarian. Back in the day, only the big boys had the website and the web developer and all of that. Well, now I can quite often for four hundred bucks, I can get a Squarespace website and within three hours have it up, and it's got functions and features that you know that wasn't available before. So so for that reason, I love technology. I, I feel it's it's a great equalizer. And someone that's great at customer service and wants a lifestyle business can deploy the right technology to meet their life goals. Um, that being said, I think the rule is uh, we, we tend to think it's a panacea, right? Like, oh, I know all the big guys have this, so I'll just get that. And what happens is you end up with a Ferrari when you need a daily driver, right? And, and, um, and then you get this animosity towards how complex it is versus complicated and and so i think it was bill gates that mentioned like you know technology doesn't solve anything if you, if you take great technology and put it on top of poor processes guess what it's, it's not a magic wand and i think if, if if the technology uh team is guilty of anything it's like sure we can do that it's, it's always on the roadmap right everything's <laughs> on the roadmap so so i i think um understanding exactly what you want technology to do not just now but, you know, you should probably think um, a bit longer than you think because there's, there's typically um, at a certain point there's, there's, a, there's a cost of deploying and change sure, that yeah. is real. Yep. Friction, churn, everything. Yep. 
And so I think taking taking a I think people can dream bigger. I think more Imagineers, right? Like, what do I want my business to look like in 2030? Because like Tony Robbins says, like the I, oh boy, I just quoted Tony Robbins. All right, mental. Okay, uh, he says like a, a leader's job is to 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 see the the, the future. <laughs> you know, things as they are, not better, not worse, just as they are to see the future as it can be and then make it so, right? And that's just blocking and tackling at that point. But it, but it starts with great, you know, Imagineers and not just like revenue, but like think the good things you do. Like I believe contractors should be profitable. I have this saying like, be good to do good. Like if we're good, like all these companies, this time you're giving away furnaces and all this other stuff, we're in, but we got to be profitable, right? We got to be healthy to do that. So, 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 so let's, let's be good so we can do good. Right. And, and and I think technology is a big part of that, but it starts by understanding what you need, playing the tape forward a little bit and then making the right choice for you. And I think there's, there's a, there's a principle. I think it's a general Curlaw, Curlaw's law. It's this idea of strategic lieutenants, in a fast-changing world, so again, it's another military paradigm. You know, back in the day, you could get like those twenty people around a table pushing like little cardboard cutouts of tanks, and you know, like, <laughs> and, and things yeah. moved slower. You could you could choose to be at a front three three months from now and just start moving. Well, fast forward, I had I had the opportunity to be with uh, Stanley McChrystal and his team, and and they talk about the, the the speed and complexity of the world when you're you're deploying an order a mission for tomorrow. And by the time you guys are kicking in that door in downtown Fallujah, everybody's long gone because that's the the, the, the world in which we're living in. Uh, the 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 important thing to understand about technology is the exponential growth and adoption of it, right? So I believe if we can if we can, uh, Curlow's law says the people closest to kicking in the door are the ones that are probably best informed on in what to do. And I think if more people engage their teams through this process, technology not only would be better selected, better deployed, but also better utilized. And so again, it's a bit of like, you got to put your ego aside because you're paying the check and you listen, that's real. But like, if we engage uh, the right people, they got to earn a right, right? Not everybody's opinion gets the same way. Everybody gets an opinion, but I don't have to take it the same way. You have to have a history of predictability and success and all that, right? That's the leadership's job to figure that out. But invite people in that are closest to it and Ren, put your listening ears on. And I think that technology um, can be good. The thing about technology is it's not just what we need for our business. Our customers are being trained what to expect from every single other occupation. Um, and I, I think we've been, we've been given a pass for a number of years. Clock's ticking. <laughs> the, clock the clock's ticking, ticking and there's a gap and – I know you feel at least some personal responsibility to help close that gap. So what does it look like in the next five to 10 years? And what's your role going to be in all of that? Yeah. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll read the tea leaves, right? Like history's filled with like people that prognosticated and were, uh, I heard an economist say like, the trick is you, you give a number, but not a date or a date, but not a number. Right. So, yeah. so let's just, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll do broad strokes. What I believe is convenience is king, Right. We're just never you, you're just never going to train your customer absolutely to uh, to not think that way and it's sort of like remember the airlines uh, you know they used the level of service used to be pretty high and what was included was pretty high and then the minute that first airline said uh, we're 
we're going to serve that? Everybody else is like, we can cut costs too. Yeah, thank goodness. He said, we're going to charge you for your suitcase. All of a sudden, like everybody is like trying to get on board so they, because they've got their entire life's contents into a, a carry-on that is never going to fit in that plane. And yet we all watch the theater, right? <laughs> it's the same. Like it only takes one incumbent to come in and say, you know what? I think it's a better way of doing it because it's sort of like purple cow stuff. Like Seth Godin talks about, you know, if to, to be remarkable, you have to be remarkable. It's not that mm-hmm. hard, right? What are we doing that's really any different? If you, I, we, you guys are on websites. You can pick 50, 50 existing companies' websites. Um, and, uh, some version of we've been in business for X, uh, X number of hours factory training, X number of combined experience, satisfaction guaranteed. Um, you know, and, and back in the day, you know, having drug testing people and shoe covers and, you know, drop cloths, that was enough. Yeah. Yeah, we got to be remarkable, and so so that's where I think I think customers are going to uh, find those because that's just the way it works. You can't you can't hold back that tide of customer expectation. I think we, there's there's a fallacy about how um, technology is adopted that I think every the contractors uh, should pay attention to. It's like we wake we think that iPhone's always been around. We think that I like yeah you know that the, the uh, iPod. We forget that that um, Dell and Microsoft had versions. Right, they weren't as good. They weren't as convenient. At, but it wasn't like this universal adoption. So just because you see some technology that's stuttering or, or, or popping up here and there and doesn't seem like a, you know an overnight success, don't be fooled into thinking that it's not important. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just it's just the crowd settling. And so um, we all know people or technology that this you know five to 10 year overnight success and all of a sudden it's everywhere. It's that feeling of being ubiquitous. So yeah, that's, I, I think not, not sleeping on things just cause you don't value them or you don't feel you need to totally fine, totally valid. But if somebody offers it, you can't complain then about, you know? Yeah. And you can't be afraid of, of doing it and trying it. Like um, I can remember when we first started the company back in 08 and um, like even then websites were like a, Oh my gosh, like, do yep. I get a website, you know? And then it yep. was, um, and, th- and we really capitalized on that because I believed so much in that forward, you know, thought process of like, this is going to be a thing. Now, when apps started coming out, yeah, we got in the app game and started building it and trying to think, well, how can I make an app mm-hmm. work for a contractor? Yep. But the, the thing that I feel like uh, uh, that um, I got good, I'm good at by chance is um, being a visionary and actually doing and acting on it. And yep. not everything's worked out. Like I, I, right. I, I listen to, because a part of what we do at Rhino is listen to every single call that comes through every customer's website. I'm talking every single call. Right on. Um, is you hear how the CSRs are, are answering phones. Well, um, I would love to have just used a piece of software, listened for keyword triggers and use that technology. Yep. And we uh, tried it and it still was inaccurate. So there was no substitute right. for human beings in that, in, in, you know, in that particular department. So we have a lot of like 50 plus people on yep. that team. But here's, a, here's where I'm going with that is um, what you, what we found was that by listening to it, you could hear when CSRs are making mistakes and we could send it over to you guys to listen to it through a call tracking number. Again, technology yep. Um, but we adopted it early on, trying to use it to our advantage to do what's best for our customers. Well, also, it, it's what if that's what's best for our customers, it's what's best for us as a company. But you right. have to try things. I yeah. tr- when, yeah. when we listen to that, we were hearing the after hours answering services, butcher leads coming in, which is, by the way, a huge pain in my ass to hear and everybody else's because who knows how much revenue we're losing. 
marketing is not working, right? My when goodness. it's the conversion. Well, when it was an after hours call, I was like, this is pre-Paul being uh, you know, over at Rhino, is I said, hey, how difficult can it be to launch an after hours answering service? Because these guys suck. Like every after hours answering service was awful. And I was like, I can't deal with this shit anymore. So we yep. launched our own after hours answering service. I did it for two and a half years. It was phenomenal. We tracked the revenue that came through it, the close ratios. We were pitching maintenance agreements on it for our customers. I'd never been in this business before, you know, of, right. of after hours answering service. Now I'll tell you this. It was a failure of mine from a business perspective because I lost so much money trying to implement it. But it was coming from the right place, and I wasn't afraid to yep. try it because I was do, trying to do what's best for my customers. Yep. But I was utilizing that technology to try and figure things out that aren't just my own need but for my customers' needs. So when it comes to technology, man, right now when we decided to only focus on the trades, yeah, all I had to do was chase the technology. I knew the trades. So if I stay in the forefront yep. of technology, then Rhino will always be the go-to company that's at the forefront of tech. So I love it. A couple of things. Uh, if you're listening to every call, I, I doubt that your success is an accident. It's sort of like that, that <laughs> golfer that's at the the, uh, the the driving range and he, you know, he's putting and he's putting and he's putting and, and, and the guy goes, oh man, you're, that was a real lucky show. And the, the, the pro says, yeah, it's funny. The more I practice, the luckier I get, right? So I'm yeah. sure there's no accident on your part. The second is is um, fear, of, fear of failure. You know, failure isn't fatal, right? Lack of innovation exactly. is, is how most most things go. Like I, I'm a huge sort of space program nerd. You know how many rockets blew up to meet Kennedy's proclamation of going to the moon? Like you gotta be a, you gotta be prepared to blow up a few rockets. It's okay, but that's how you get a moonshot. You don't get a moonshot by playing it safe. You gotta leave the lab at some point. You gotta leave the theoretical. You gotta try something. It's okay. It. You'll get early warning feedback. And and the lastly, I think there's there's this you know fulfillment of promise that we want we have to be brave we got to dare bravely and and when i think of the, some of the things you're talking about i think there's there's the the uh application of the right technology with the right people like right people and incredible systems that the you know there's a lot of ai going on in, in our right. space right now that is getting much better because here's the thing we're an exponential sort of uh um learning at this point these machines teach themselves once you've primed the pump right and so you're going to see that that exact technology you're talking about you're going to see and lastly the, the shameless marker in me we don't have a marketing problem we have a conversion problem put your customers at the center of everything you do and figure figure out how to build around that not what's easiest for you i love it man we have a <laughs> So many quotes we can just like. How do you name this podcast? <laughs> well, we'll find out. Yeah, uh, so Zach, who is uh, gonna who listens to the podcast and then comes helps us come up with the episode names, is gonna have a heyday with this one. So shout out to you, buddy. So good. Uh, um, so guys, we're at like fifty five minutes into this thing, so I want to try and wrap. Um, but it's easy, right? Could just go down this path. I mean, yeah. uh, there's so much that you can hit on, but you hit on a, a few key things that I think um, that I again my core beliefs are exactly this: is it's um, one being humble. I heard you say that. Um, you know, humanize your business a little bit. Um, be okay. You know, you be okay with, with trying something and it failing and moving on. Um, that already puts you ahead of majority of your peers, uh, I believe. Um, but you know, and then also, uh, you know, I, you, you had said, and, and you were saying this, um, you know, it, as like a, uh, you know, a negative towards you, but really, you know, it's a positive. I know it's a positive is um, you trying to be like the dumbest guy in the room is actually an extremely smart move to do because, you know, 
that's how you you learn and continue to move. That's forward. how you level up. And and I'm a huge fan of that. But I part of that is being humble enough to know like you got to drop that ego, like you said, and be okay with being the dumbest guy in the room, yeah. because yep. it's actually the smartest play. And right. and being yeah. proactive, you know, and 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 listen, it's okay to not be the tough guy. You know, like you talked about having like the big silver bad guys. It's okay. It's actually better for you to not be the tough guy if that helps you move on past whatever is holding you up from being yeah. uh, a good human being to your your peers, to your customers. Yep. To, you know, um, I think being humble is a, is a significant strength in a human being um, because someone who's humble is willing to learn and to move on and to accept change and to get better and to do it yeah. graciously. And those are, yeah. are good traits in a human being. But those are also people who are typically willing to try, you know, to be proactive and try new stuff because they're okay that it might feel and they might look like an asshole or they might look like an idiot yeah. or whatever. That's right. So I'm a huge fan of those things. Yeah, appreciate it. And and you had mentioned um, convenience is king, and I want to finish with this real quick too. Um, much like when people were, um, you know, having you know not wanting to get websites, it was an inevitable that you were going to have to get a site. And what's crazy yeah. is still to this day, people come to us that don't even have a website. That have been in business for like ten plus years. It blows my mind that that right. happens. But if you heard what Eddie said, convenience is king. Speed is a necessity. You can ignore it, but your customers aren't. You got to do something. And this is what I've believed in for so long is, listen, man, the reason that this smartphone exists and they sell so many of them and they're billions in revenue Mm -hmm. is because it's what people want. It's what they use. It's not going anywhere. So you have to... You have to do something about it that put, moves your business forward, and technology is, is that piece of the business, I believe. So right. there's a human I, aspect right of it and the technology aspect of it. If you can conquer those two things, I 100% believe you'll be extremely successful. Do you agree, Eddie? I, I totally agree. I can tell you today there's companies that exist that are solving, actively solving this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons I um, do things like this is because of the love I have for the industry, yep. and, and if we don't solve our stuff – it's going to be done too, as in none of us can complain when that happens, right? Yep. You know, there's companies out there that have already figured out the role in the truck isn't always the best answers. You know, uh, how do we how do we create the teledoc of uh, uh, of home services, yep. right? Like yep. because that's what's easiest for us because that's how our business functions. The water is being boiled, and um, it's being boiled by degrees. But I'm telling you, it's happening, and uh, you need to look around. You need to take this stuff seriously. Uh, talk to people like yourself that are engaged in this. Yep. Um, and remember, as I always say, not making a choice is still making a choice. Yeah, oh, so good. So good. Hey, let's do this real quick to, to close this thing yep. out. I'm going to do it a little bit differently because um, I'm such a believer in the Schedule Engine um, software and product. I just want to do this. I'm not like this huge like pitch or anything like this. What I want to talk about is, you, and you mentioned Teladoc. Um, yeah. Part of what happened during this whole COVID thing, like that really kind of came into play on, you know, and let's just talk real quick about what are the key pieces of, of schedule engine that have been the most beneficial to the contractors. Um, oh. so let's just hit on that real quick. Like the key things yeah. that, you know, or the yeah. game changers. Like, I mean, we could, there, there's, there's a bunch we could talk. We just had an incident the other day where someone's phones went out and they got online and they got on their Facebook and, and, and people, uh, their phones, you know, the lifeblood of our business, because that's how we book calls, right? Yep. And they were able to continue to book calls. Um, the, the, the quality of after our service, um, you know, we, we're seeing hundreds and thousands of, of uh, appointments being booked 
after hours when your office staff uh, or your answering service uh, next to uh, next to um, where to find good people is where to find a good answering service. Probably two most asked questions in most of these chat groups, right? And so, we so know those somebody, things, <laughs> we do. Um, but but I think I think the the thing that uh, to figure out is you can't force your business your, your your customer to do business the way you want to do. Um, and listen, if somebody wants to call, muzzle it off. But, but if they don't, they sh- you should you should you need a super highway of of um, conversion points. And your job isn't to force your customer into one of them; it's to make sure that regardless of how they want to do business with you today, they can do it. Yep. So um, whether it's online, right? It's like yep. you know you're gonna again choose your hard. Do you yep. really want to spend all your marketing dollars telling people how to do business? Now, bear in mind that same customer in, in a different situation the next day may choose to do business with you a different way because it's about them. And I would tell you, like, understanding your customer journey uh, uh, with a no BS filter is super critical. So there's that. But it's all it's all about easy. It's got, it's got to be easy. And and, and and honestly, put yourself in the, in, in, in the consumer's shoes. How many of us, when we're trying to talk to, like, Apple support, want to go stand at the mall and, and, and figure that out or – chat sure right and so it's all about it's all about convenience and and we shouldn't be dogmatic about what like creating corrals because you know nobody likes to have something done to them they like to be part of an experience that's remarkable and i think um focusing on conversion 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 um you know you don't it's your your funnel has a leak yep yeah i i i I mean i'm on board with you so much because um it doesn't matter how you want to do business. It matters how your customers want to do business. And sometimes they want to pick up the phone and call. Sometimes they want to chat you. Sometimes they just want to book on your site. No matter what it is, right? You got to be that. You have to have that option for them to be able to do business with you. Uh, is absolutely. So absolutely, and and do something. Yeah. Try yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it's coming, dude. I'm excited. Um, I appreciate you being on here, man, and sharing this. You drop more quotes in one episode. I can't wait to have Zach add these up and catch them all. And like, let's document them and figure out what it is. Um, No, it's great. I love it because you're drawing from the knowledge that you've learned from other, like extremely successful entities and things like that. I I, I can't wait for the comment section was like, so-and-so didn't say that. So-and-so said that. (laughs) That's not, I guess Um, we we can all get fact checked in real real time. Who cares? We'll listen to zero shame. (laughs) Zero shame. Well, listen, um, I, I know, like, because everybody's listening to this and, you know, and Christmas is coming up or, or Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, whatever, yeah. but I know you're going to be out wassling, you know, for Christmas, which, by the yes. way, is Scottish for uh, caroling. Um, yep. You see that? God, aren't I good? Um, I'm sure that's what I'm, you're going to be I'm out there doing. I feel so culturally appreciated right now. <laughs> I might go put a kill on. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> listen, bagpipes, like, give me the chills. So well, listen, man, I, I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate your heart for the trades, man. And you coming on here too. And I legit mean that, um, everybody knows like, yeah, I am a, um, I am a super empathetic person, man. And I legit, you know, I legit care about you spending your time with us. Like this is an hour. Um, and I believe that time is our most valuable asset. And so right thank you, man. You've been in the trades for so long. You're doing what you can. I really appreciate, um, you guys stepping out and, and creating Schedule Engine, I absolutely believe it's the best. That's why we partner with you on it. We believe it's the best option for anyone in the trades. For those who don't want to talk to you, they just want to book an appointment or talk to somebody on chat, yeah. which, by the way, like, ask my daughter. I haven't seen her in, like, three days because she holds up in a room on her phone and computer. Um, maybe that's bad parenting. I don't know. Um, but it is what it is. Like, we have, I have to be okay. Like, that's part of what culture is and what, what's going to be. So that's I right. appreciate you, man. Um, I, but yeah, I, I, I appreciate this. We should do it again. This is, this is a blast. Certainly no will. And listeners, do not forget, 
Um, Eddie swore that we would get, that we that you can have that if we want to sign up and give a schedule and go that we waive the setup fee and um, the first month is on uh, is on really us mutually. So I appreciate that, dude. Even though you really didn't have a say so in it, um, I appreciate it so much. <laughs> That's good. Uh, it's good. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate. It. I'm sure we'll do this again. Um, and listeners. Listen, have a happy holiday. We are super grateful for you. It's the end of the year. Um, do not wait until January to say, oh, shit, I forgot the plan for 2021. Um, it's already late. So get on it, right? It's go time. Get like start it. putting plans in, in place. It's not too, it's not too late, uh, but don't pro- procrastinate into the beginning part of the year because then you're already behind a lot of your major competitors. So let's go. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for subscribing. Um, thank you for our great guests we've had this year, our listeners. Eddie, appreciate you. Tall Paul, any last words? And do not ask a question and draw this thing out another five minutes, but any last words from you? I will not. I will just thank our guest for his time. He was incredibly insightful and might be our best dressed kind of stylish guest of all time as well. So set the bar pretty high. Eddie, I can't wait to have a pint with you in person, brother. Right on. Looking forward to it. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Find me. Talk to me. I'm lonely. Awesome. Uh, let's 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 keep the conversation going. Wonderful. If anybody wants to connect with Eddie and you need to go and you want to come through us, we'll make sure to connect you with him as well. We appreciate it. Until Cheers. next time, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.